Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fan early morning show here on Memorial Day. I'm Austin Bechtel joining you. Great to be on these airwaves. Growing up listening to the fan all my life, it's just fantastic for me to have this opportunity today to be able to talk to you today. I'm a recent graduate of Waynesburg University, if you don't know me. Write about Pitt basketball, RMU basketball for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Write about the Pirates a little bit for Bucks Dugouts. Also a producer over at KDK AM 100.1 FM and AM 1020 KDKA. So Rwanzi Contreras was moved to the bullpen, but how long will that truly last? Well, probably one outing. Contreras pitched two innings in relief of Luis Ortiz. He was solid. A lot of sliders. 14 of his 22 pitchers were sliders. Used five fastballs. Contreras dropped his ERA from 450 to 433. His FIP down from 463 to 454. And his fastball velocity was up significantly. But should there really be significant concern about Rawls and Contreras? There's no doubt about it. As a starter... Contreras' fastball velocity was down one and a half miles per hour from last year, two miles per hour from two seasons ago. Now, he's only 23. There's still a lot of time for him to be able to work it out. It's not like Mitch Keller when he was 26 put into the bullpen and it was potentially a latch-ditch effort before, who knows, the Pirates potentially were going to get rid of Mitch Keller at whatever point. And now, oh yeah, he's a top-five starter in the National League right now. Take away the six runs he allowed to Seattle on Friday to his ERA, and he's right around 2-2 before that start. For Contreras, uses his slider at about a 43% rate. It's the most he's ever used it in his young career of any pitch in 23. He has a four-pitch mix, but truly two. Uses his forcing fastball and slider 85% of the time. Flashes a curveball eh, occasionally, and a changeout like 5% of the time, but... It's basically the fastball-slider mix. But when the fastball and the slider are not nearly at the average velocity that you're used to throwing it, especially the fastball, you're going to have issues. Nine starts for Contreras, 3-4 and four overall record, 450 ERA, 142 whip, that was in 50 total innings. But Contreras is not getting any swing and miss, and that was a little bit different when he appeared out of the bullpen against Seattle. He was finding an uptick in velocity from his fastball. And he had previously spent a little bit of time in the bullpen trying to work out some kinks 
Is this potentially what the Pirates are trying to do once again? Is it the right decision? Probably not. Especially because you're going to have to throw him back in there once again in the spot of Velasquez after skipping Contreras' start on Saturday to put Velasquez back in there. Contreras, in 50 innings, before his relief his relief appearance, struck out 36 hitters. 36 in 50 innings. That's bottom part of the National League. He ranks in low percentiles on baseball savant and chase rate. He's in the 37th percentile. Place that I like to go to get baseball analytics, numbers, all the above. He's 25th in average exit velocity. If you are first percentile in average exit velocity or any category, that's the bottom half. You don't want to be there. You want to be in the 99th percentile and you are the best in baseball. Well, walk percentage... 24th percentile. Strikeout percentage, 13th. 13th in strikeout percentage for Contreras. And that's practically why a move to the bullpen, I guess, was the option for the Pirates. But look, the truth of the matter is, this team does not score enough runs. Not nearly enough runs. Austin Hedges is hitting a buck 70. We already talked about how Cabrian Hayes just can't get it out of his own way. Hit a home run when basically everybody had a chance to be able to do so against Seattle on Friday night. And the Pirates have had this constant theme of up and down like you're riding the Jackrabbit at Kennywood Park. On the double dip, yeah, that's the Pirates offense right now. That's the Pirates just in general. Whether it be the fact that the Bucks can't get out of their own way on the bases. G1 Bay, one of the fastest guys in the sport. Gets constantly thrown out at second now? Like, I mean, seriously? They're getting thrown out at the extra base, trying to take the extra bag. The Pirates were so aggressive in April. And that's what was so key for the team to be able to do so many critical things to get off to that 20-8 start. And right now, the Pirates don't seem as aggressive. They don't seem as just into being able to hit with runners in scoring position, clearly. Friday seemed like just another anomaly, not something that could kickstart the offense to something that is different and maybe a happy medium of what we saw in April to what we're seeing in May. But where do the Pirates go from here? They're practically stuck. It's the end of May, still a couple of days left to go. But the harsh reality of baseball is that your top prospects do not get called up until the middle of June, maybe the second week of June. That's still two, two and a half weeks away for this Pirates team. You want Henry Davis to be here? You want Andy Rodriguez to be here? You want Nick Gonzalez to play second instead of Rodolfo Castro, who has been relegated to just hitting against left-handers? Maybe platoon those two players, even though they're both better from the right side. Gonzalez strictly a right-handed hitter. There's no way that at this point the Pirates are going to call up one of those guys for just a couple obvious reasons. They say they're not ready. Also, historically, the Pirates just don't call up their top prospects until the middle of June. Part of that, just historically, has just always been the case. There's been anomalies. Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski from Double A, But I don't understand the point of why Henry Davis does not get a chance to go up to Triple A. He is 
dominating double-A pitching. He's one of the best players in the minor leagues, especially the way that he is performing at double-A Altoona. He has outgrown the pitching that he's facing in double-A. It's just the truth of the matter. So why he's not at triple-A, the Pirates want him to catch every day. I get it. But he's still not catching truly every day. They have an off day practically always on Monday during the week. And at times we've seen Davis play right field. We've seen him DH. We've seen Andy Rodriguez play other positions. Why not promote Davis to AAA, let Davis and Rodriguez play together, and then have an opportunity for those two guys to learn from each other? Look, one of them is definitely going to be promoted in the next two and a half weeks. There's no guarantee, obviously, but it's more than likely with the play of Austin Hedges at the plate that one of those two guys end up being calling up to the major leagues in roughly two and a half weeks. I wouldn't count on it any time before that. So if you're the Bucs, you truly got to think to yourself, what position do we go from here? What do you do? How concerned should you be about this offense? If you're at concern, panic, or doom, Are you truly panicking about this team because expectations were so much greater entering May than anybody could have thought at the beginning of April? The Pirates just have exceeded those expectations. They admitted it. And Ben Charrington admitted that he does not like to truly call up his top prospects until about the early part of June. Okay, I get it. I understand the transparency. I appreciate the transparency. The Pirates need a spark, though, a jolt of energy. There's just not that much that at this point that they're getting from some of their key guys, their key contributors. Carlos Santana crushed opposing pitching in April. I don't know if you could throw a beach ball to Ryan Hayes right now and he'd be able to hit it back into the gap. It's tough. There's so many things that you just question, what are you going to do? Jack Sawinski hits two home runs on Friday. And once again, back to just not being able to put the ball in play enough. Many question marks as the Bucs will play in San Francisco. Rich Hill is back on the mound. He's been a little bit of a stabling force. He's been a stabilizer for the Pirates other than Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller's played the stopper to two different times where the Bucs have gone on considerable losing streaks and Mitch Keller's had to bail them out, pitch seven innings, pitch a complete game, shut out to be able to try to get the team back on track. Well, still the offense not producing it the way that you'd want to. The Pirates are a team in between what they were at six and eighteen so far in May and twenty and eight, twenty and nine at the very end of April. It's Memorial Day. We'll touch on that in just a little bit. I'm Austin Bechtold with you here on the fan early morning show. Also touch on the Steelers. OTA's going on. Lots happening for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a lot to look forward to. Coming up for this 2023 season. And Kenny Pickett's second year. Somebody's already trying to get a look at the playbook. Obviously, Steeler fever is already running rapid. Bucko fever, maybe not so much as we get to San Francisco today for the Pirates. On the road, begin the first of a three-game set. Rich Hill against Dee Scalfani. I'm Austin Bechtold. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.